Welcome to a special edition of the McGregor Podcast. I'm Mark Bricker, your host for this special Hot Topic Podcast series. Recently, on a Wednesday night, as part of our Journey Together ministry, we hosted a Hot Topic night with Omar Edwards leading. The topic, thinking biblically about my relationship to money. And joining me now is Mr. Omar Edwards. Welcome. Thank you, Mark. Welcome to the Q&A part of this special series on thinking biblically about my relationship to money. And anytime we have a hot topic night, we encourage those people that are attending to turn in questions related to the topic that we are addressing. Well, apparently, Omar, you did such a good job (laughs) in teaching on this subject (laughs) that there was only one question submitted. So... This is either going to be a very short podcast (laughs) or we're going to change up the format a little bit. And I think that's what we're going to do. We will answer that one question, uh, but we're going to have some little bit more of a conversation between the two of us. And and I've got some questions for you. And we're we're also going to have to take the time to go a little bit deeper on some of the things that maybe on Wednesday night you weren't able to do. So if you're listening here and you're like, oh, I was hoping to hear a bunch of questions. Well, you're going to hear some questions. I'm going to ask questions, uh, but I think you will enjoy the conversation. I think the conversation will be helpful for our listeners as well. So with that said, um, let's start with the, the one question that we did get. And, uh, and then we'll, we'll dive into, I've got some, uh, some comments and some questions about your teaching as well. But the first, the, the first, the, the first and only question that we received was this one. How do you know when to stop helping someone who is physically and mentally able to work? So there you go. Um, <clears throat> well, the, the, I guess the answer to that is subjective. It's, I mean, it would depend on how long I want to, um, support someone's, uh, sinful behavior. Mm. And why would that be sinful? Because it is, so there are certain, there are certain things we look at in scripture and there are certain things that are, that are questionable or not questionable, but debatable or, you know, when you mm-hmm. contextualize them, you know, then, you know, there's some valid questions on how should I apply this to my life? Genesis 1 and 2 uh, are not those. All right. Th- those things that are established in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 are not questionable. Those things, um, all the law supports them, all of Jesus' teaching supports them, all of the apostolic teachings support them. And so it is very clear that God in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 2 in the creation mandate. One of the things he told Adam and Eve was to fill the earth, right? To multiply. Mm. The second piece of that was to work the earth, to toil it, right? right? With their hands. So work is a biblical, direct from the mouth of God Mm. mandate. So my refusal to do so um, my refusal to do so is is a sin, is, is an act of outright rebellion and disobedience. Yeah. Um, so the second piece, we, you know, we, we, we see later on, right? Paul is very clear. He says, you know, if, you're not, if you don't want to work, you eat. Right, you don't yeah. eat. Um, the Bible is also very clear on who, um, on who we should be supporting. And so those are the widows, orphans, Right, and basically disenfranchised folks, right? Folks who are, who are poor, marginalized, b- marginalized by by other means. Mm-hmm. Folks who are working and can't make it because you know 
if I know a brother or someone is struggling because they just can't hack it, right? They're, they're, they're making X an hour, but the cost of living is, you know, three times, you know, whatever they can afford. How can I support them until they can make ends meet? Right. Um, you know, someone is between jobs, can't find a job, um, you know, struggling to be able to find them, you know, gainful employment. But for someone who doesn't want to work, um, that depends on how long we want to be a crutch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I guess here, so here's, I guess this is the gray area. This is the, you know, I guess if it was someone who I knew or someone who was close to me, I might, I might tell someone you have a certain amount of time, you know, to get employment, a certain amount of time to, you know, to save money. I, I've, I've seen that kind of arrangement, but um, you know, month to month, if they're really, you know, I mean, if they're starting from zero, right, we show some grace, right? Um, but if it's a, it's a habit, if it's someone who just doesn't want to work, or someone just, you know, works, takes a couple of days of, you know, some hourly work or, and then, you know, quits and, and there's always an excuse, but there's no reason. Um, God has created this thing called life that teaches us lessons. And, um, when we decide we want to intervene in that and 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 not allow God to, or not allow that's probably not the right term but but try to interfere in in, in God teaching someone the consequences mm-hmm. of not working um, I think that's that's problematic so I, I I would support someone help them get off their feet um, a month two months three months depending on their situation but after a while it's just we're just we're just supporting a sinful habit. Yeah, uh, it's a good answer, and and I think I did appreciate your your comments there about showing some grace, uh, perhaps providing a potential window of opportunity yeah. uh, for them to get back on their feet with a particular deadline uh, set, and uh, being able to do whatever you can to help them get going again. But yeah, you you eventually just create a a codependency there, which is enabling them to, as you said, right. continue to sin and not getting them back on track as, as you're being part of that, that as well. Um, early on in your, your teaching, you made the statement that, that money is neutral, but we are not. And I really like that because you went on to say that, that money reveals where our heart is. And the, the, the money itself is not the problem. It's how we relate to that money. And some other thoughts on that particular idea of, of you know, how can, I, how can I even use that in my own walk with the Lord? Um, it, do you have any particular little, I hate to use the word test, diagnostics, you know, to make sure that, okay, how, how is my heart doing as it relates to money? How, how do I know when it's, it's not in the, going in the right direction? When do I kind of, what are, the, what are the yellow flags, red flags that I'm heading toward a love of money versus, okay, this is just money and it's something I, I have to have and use as a, as a person here on earth. How hard, how hard or how easy, I think, uh, how hard or how easy it is for me to let it go. Oh, that's good. Um, and I think God has built in a, a test that there's different ways, right? There's different different circumstances and scenarios. Um, but the, I think the test that God has given us is giving. And not just, again, this wasn't, this whole thing wasn't about church giving. Um, I think I mentioned that once throughout mm-hmm. the whole thing, you know, and it was a second, it was, I, I glanced over it. 
But the truth is, you know, the 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 when we when we look at you know the overarching, uh, I guess, theme of giving, and we could look at it from a um, from a, a perspective of sowing and reaping, and um, you know, God gives us, and then you know, and 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 He gives us, and then we sow. We 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 you know we we plant it, we work it, and then we get. Now, what do we do with that? Um, when I realize that everything that I reap, I reinvest in me, hmm. I reinvest in my desires, but there's no concern for, um, for those around me. There's no concern for um, my neighbor. There's no concern, and I'll, 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 I'll bring the church in. There's, there's, there's no concern for church needs. And I don't mean the, I, I'm not talking about the lights on, and the, I'm talking about, you know, Folks in the church, my, I, I see my brother, I see his condition, I see, you know, um, sometimes you see that, you know, uh, in McGregor, it's sometimes a little different. It's a bigger church. It's harder to see the needs of individuals, but, you know, we're all, a lot of us are in life groups. Yeah, you can do that in life yeah. groups for sure. And I remember I was in, this, I, when I was in smaller churches, you you can tell, mm. you know, folks would go and they, they, they kneel down to pray and then you'd see, you'd see a hole in the bottom of their shoe. True story, mm. right? True yeah. story. So, you know, I think about that and, you know, it's, it's, it's the, 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 the question is, you know, do I pray for, do I pray for God to bless that man or do I bless that man? Mm. Do I pray for God to bless that man or do I accept God's call to bless him? Yeah. Um, am I, how, how, how willing am I, right, to, to, to open my fingers and let, and let, let twenty hundred to two hundred dollars go in favor of someone else's need. I think that's one. I mean, there's. I guess there's. I think that's a good. I think that's a really good indicator because you're right. We do tend to tend to sow and reap, and then just plant that right back into what we think is important and what we want to do and what pleases us. Versus, okay, am I open to looking around me and seeing the needs of others, financially, spiritually, physically, whatever they they may be, because. I think, yeah. If we're if we're not if we're not number one, if you're not even noticing the needs, that's probably a good right. good red flag. But even if we are, like you said, are we just praying for them, which right. is good? But are we getting involved in in their lives and, and seeing how God would use us to be a part of meeting that need? And are we sowing plentifully? Right. There's only so much you can sow in the same ground. There's only so like how much do I need? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's that's the other test. Like do. Yeah. Do, what is the what defines my need? Yeah, you know, do I need? Is it just do I need more? Why? Because I want more. Do I yeah. need more? Say why? Because I wanna. Because I want more. I, I you know, my you know my I have eight inch ceilings. I wanna. I want you know. I want twelve inch ceilings, and I want. I want to walk in in a magnificent entrance, and you know, I. I what what is the need? What why? What's the why of my wanting money? Yeah. Um, because there's. You know, at some point it's avarice. At some point it's greed. At some point it's it's it, it is all about me and not about God's will, not not about what God wants me to do with this. And so, I, you know, that's the other test. At, at what point am I just loading up in my own plot, in my own field, and not considering spreading the the, the seed to, to other places that may need? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you. Ha- um, and we mentioned this a little bit in our um, part two at the beginning of part two. You had 10 considerations that you worked through in, as an outline 
taking uh, from the Philippians passage that you uh, were using as your base text for this entire entire study. But you had 10, stewardship, work, contentment, discipleship, providence, greed, debt, management, provision, and worship. And I wanted to, to take a little deeper dive on a couple of these on this podcast. One is contentment. Um, man, I, I, I so, so see the importance of this, not just in the area of our stewardship, but in the area of our, of our discipleship and of our fellowship of Jesus Christ and how we seem to live in a world where discontentment is more the norm than contentment, even for believers. Would you agree with that? That that's, yeah. there's just a lot of discontentment. And here's one of the things I, I thought of because, and it goes, it plays along with this whole idea of, of our, of our stewardship of our money is that the, the media that we face daily seems to focus entirely on creating discontentment in our lives. And what I mean by that is if you don't have the product they're selling, then your life is not complete. That's kind of the story of almost every commercial media that you need this item to feel satisfied. You need this to be all that you can be. You need this to be a complete person. And so we, we hear this message over and over and over. And so no wonder that so many people, even believers today who have everything they'll ever need or ever want already in Christ Jesus, but they're still living discontented lives because they buy into that lie, right? And so what are, what are some of the things that, that have helped you along the way to finding contentment? And you shared some personal things while you were teaching, but, but what are some of those things that help you to deal with that, that, that message out there that's almost creating discontentment? What are some things you're, that help you in finding your contentment in Christ and Him alone? Well, that's the first, to recognize that. Recognize that. Um, that all my needs are met in Him. Recognize that um, He has, you know, again, the focus is glorifying God, understanding what His will is. And throughout Scripture, um, over and over again, um, we see, we don't see one type of person, one type of financial situation. We see many. As a matter of fact, Jesus' own words, the poor will always be with us. Um, we see the rich, we see wealthy, we see the not so wealthy, right? We see, we see folks who are poor and it's their attitudes toward um, what they have. I, rem- I think of the widow with her two coins, with her two pennies. Um, mm. that she comes and um, you know she gives everything she had and Jesus makes a comment about that right in comparison to the, to the, to the Pharisee who, who, who came before her but I see that attitude um, and that willingness and desire to give what she had even if it was everything even if it was everything have you ever thought about that I mean I know you have but I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, not just emptying your checking account, right? not just emptying your checking and your savings account, not just emptying your checking and your savings and your retirement account, but I mean, everything, every asset, every resource you have, I'm trusting God. Yeah. And while all of those 
you know, those those passages we see the actual action of the individual, those are all descriptive passages, you know, action. Right. God's not telling us no. give every penny you have. Um, you know, God's not God's not telling us to be like, you know, the widow in Sarepta that 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 gave her last flower and her last oil to Elijah first. But what God is telling us is to have that attitude. Yeah. What a, what a picture of trust right. in is, God and is, him alone. Is, right. To yeah. be, believe that God would supply because he will. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, obviously we, we, we know that, you know, prosperity movement today, they, they, they pervert that. But there, there is a biblical, undeniable biblical truth that God will provide. And, you know, it's particularly, particularly when I am not glued to the resources, little or, or 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 many, that that I'm not glued to the resources I have. Hmm. Um, that is that is a biblical truth, and we see that old and new. Um, and so, um, understanding that God does supply every need, need, hmm. need, right? <laughs> and that's, Let's that's clarify here. Yeah, yes. defining <laughs> defining need, um, and understanding that that God hasn't promised me anymore. You know, I think we get caught up with the things of the world. And the Bible, again, I can, we can quote several passages about the danger of relating to the world, the danger of embracing, you know, a worldly, worldly mindset, um, worldly, you know, outlook. Um, and and, and that, that desire for more, like you mentioned That's earlier. That's the discontentment, is, yeah. yeah. And so it's, it's all over the place. And so my value then as a human being is not in Christ. Right. right. My value then is is in how I compare, right? How I compare to my neighbors, how I compare to this, and it, it may not be overt, it may not be intentional, it may not even be conscious, right? It's 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 not a conscious thing, but um, certainly, right? Certainly, um, if I have the ugliest car in the neighborhood, right? Everybody has, it, and I'm driving in, which I might actually, that might be my case right now, but you know you. You know, you, you look and, and, and you think that way. You know, you, you, you um, when I was in school, I mean, when I was a kid in school, we were brutal with, with the, you know, with the kids that mm. didn't have the nice sneakers, yeah. you know. Um, I was a bit of a bully, right? I was, I was one of those that would, would do that because that was, that, was, that was the mentality that we followed. You, 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 you didn't have the nice sneakers. You had, you know, you had the wrong coat. Oh, you, that's that's a you know a Walmart coat or whatever TJ Maxx coat wherever it is you got that coat you didn't you didn't get it at you know mm-hmm. Floridians maybe not not, not aren't yeah. too familiar with that but uh <laughs> but it, th- that's how it was yeah and, um, and we don't really outgrow that do we no because your the va- your value is in the wrong place yeah we, it's it's part of a spiritual maturity where I understand that my value is in Christ. Um, and I understand that he has what I need and that he supplies what I need and that he is my provider um, and that he, he, he will take care of that. Matthew six thirty three, right? Seek first what? The kingdom of heaven. And then all these things will be added onto on you. But it is on the way we're, we're busy looking at the things that are added. And so we want the addition, but we're missing the first part. Yeah. Seek me first. And he teaches us. The Holy Spirit then then teaches us, dis- disciplines us, disciples us, and and so these things become less and less important because we understand the true value. I think part of that is also a lack of a gospel outlook in our life, mm. right? Our main our main calling, we've lost sight of that as believers completely. 
Um, I wasn't actually going to go this route, but here we go. Yeah. Um, we've, we have been, become very responsible with our calling. I, 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 while my ministry, my first ministry is my family, the calling, the overarching calling is to make disciples. Mm-hmm. And it's to share the gospel, right? Sharing the gospel, um, the salvation and the message of the gospel is, is, isn't, shouldn't be a, a once a month or once a quarter or once, you know, every, you know, every six month activity that we plan and we do. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lifestyle, right? As a fish swims, as a bird flies. So should we evangelize? It's, it, it should be a Christian's lifestyle. Our yeah. eyes should always be toward the cross and all the implications of the cross. And we've lost sight of that. And in losing sight of the cross, in losing sight of the importance of my neighbor needing Jesus, of my family needing Jesus, of the community needing Jesus, of you know this county needing Jesus, in losing sight of that, everything else has taken importance. And we've lost sight of that, which pulls us into an understanding of the most important thing. And when we don't understand the most important thing, then, then we get confused and distracted. By All this other stuff things. comes yeah. in. Yeah, it's a good point, Omar. Yeah, I never thought of it like that, especially when you're thinking about money uh, and, and even the discontentment idea, but uh, a loss of the, the gospel priority is always gonna be at the center of any area where we're sliding in. And when we're stuck on the cross, and as we get more and more stuck on that cross, right? As we as we as we get closer, that's a great closer, phrase. Stuck on the cross. As we get closer to it, then we are we, we realize what's what what doesn't make us happy. What really because it's that that it, it's it's that man who was on the cross and and who was taken down from it and who was and who rose from what they did to him on it, right? And has called us. Mm. It is he who provides true joy and contentment. Amen. And when that is our center. The rest, you know, then it's easy to be thankful because they can let go too. Yeah, absolutely, and you see the condition of those who don't have or yeah. don't have Jesus, first of all, and or or who who are because of the product of our sin, humanity's sin, are in tough situations and worse, it far worse than we are, mm-hmm. and it, and it just becomes easier to thank Him. Now, I haven't, I'm not that stuck yet <laughs> on the cross, <laughs> I, I, but but I want to get there. Amen. I want to so get I. there. I'm, I'm I'm climbing inch by inch. I want I want to I want to get to the point where. Where man, it just it just it just here you know here that's yeah. my attitude. I'm not I'm not there, but I, but I want to be. I want God to be glorified, and, and you know, every time I, I do something. Amen. I appreciate you bringing bringing that up. Um, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about some very practical things. And you shared some 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 specific examples in your teaching time. But I had this question: what What should be the process that that a believer goes through when they're considering a particular buying decision. And I'm not talking about just buying your everyday groceries and maybe not even as big as buying a house, but something that's, that's not in the normal routine of what you're spending to, to, get, to get by. What should the process look like for the believer in their mind, their heart, as they go through that? I, I quoted a passage in Luke about planning, right? It says that the builder, when you're gonna build a house, you should plan for all your, you know, all your material to make sure you have enough to finish, right? Or else your enemy will come and laugh at you, right? That's the, the, the uh, um, so it's a great passage in scripture. Um, and I think only Luke, uh, only Luke mentions it. But um, I think planning is, is, is that because it, planning keeps us, uh, it, it's basically a, a it, it is the, the essence of stewardship 
to knowing where your money is going to go. Yeah, or budgeting would be right. another word Budget, you might yeah. use, but yeah, planning, yeah. But budgeting, but also, you know, planning. So, you know, I, I mentioned, like I even, like, like planning helps you, keeps you from certain things. It keeps you from, from, from stepping over, or budgeting, right? But it keeps you from stepping over um, the boundary or your limits. Um, it keeps you from irresponsible impulse buying, which I did say, and, and I think I want to make a point of clarification here. I did say that the, you know, that I, I, I think my statement was, I'll submit to you that um, impulse, per, impulse buying is sinful. Um, and, and, and I want to clarify that because, I, I, you know, getting up, I think I said, I'm not talking about a bottle of water, right? Because, right. Uh, you know, in my budget, I have discretionary income. I have some disposable income where I can go in and I can, I have, let's say, I don't know, just a random hundred dollars. So I know a hundred dollars during this pay period, right? That's, I can spend on whatever it is. That's what I got. So if I'm thirsty, I go, you know, I can do an impulse. I, oh, let me get a soda or coffee or whatever. And then, you know, that counts against what I have for that amount. So, that's, so you plan for it. Right. But I plan for that. It is right. an impulse purchase, but it's not, it, it's a not an impulse right, purchase. Yes. But it's not an impulse <laughs> expense, right? right. It, it's part of money that I plan so that I could do these things. Yeah. But, um, you know, but, oh, let me buy a laptop. Now that's different, right? That's different. So the question is, right? I mean, in anything, do I need one? Mm-hmm. Right? Is, is it is it a need or a want? And, and and buying stuff I want is not a problem. That's that's not sinful. But if it's a need, right? Or if it's a want, can I afford it? Right? And then if it's a need and I can afford it, then I then I purchase it. If it's a want and I can afford it, but then I say, then what? Where is this in the priority of the things that I need or want? Mm-hmm. And I prioritize those things. And, and, and so, because the problem is a thousand spent here is a thousand taken from here, right? So, um, and in, in, not, in not thinking ahead and not giving um, attention to where I'm spending that money, particularly larger purchases or, or larger expenses, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm, I'm acting on impulse. I'm acting irresponsibly. I'm not considering the uh, the repercussions of this thousand dollar expense and how that's going to impact me later. How that's going to impact my budget. You know, some people don't have this issue, right? And praise God for that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, adopt me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but for those of us who do, yeah. um, you know, th- those of us where a thousand dollars is going to impact something else significantly, significantly. Excuse me. I should be you know, considering that and prayerfully considering how I'm going to spend that money and where, mm. um, you know, God is able to direct me to the right place. You know, a, th- a thousand at Best Buy, a thousand at, I don't know, whatever, um, you know, Newegg, it's an online computer store. Um, you know, a thousand dollars at, you know, at this store, but you know what? It's, it's, it's 700 at this computer store. They're having to sell on these things. And, 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 you know, prayerfully doing things, wisely doing, being diligent about mm. my planning and, exp- and, and, and expenditures, you find things like that. And now I have these $300 that I had to spend on a computer that I can use in another way, that I can, right. that I can sow in a manner that glorifies him, whether that's giving to, you know, renew, or whether that's, you know, buying a hungry family, you know, whether that's buying food for a family who's undergoing cancer treatment, you know. Yeah. God is glorified in that. Two great, two great words that I'll pull out of what you just said, planning and prayer. I think if we are dealing with this whole issue of, of, of considering how we go about purchases outside our normal routine purchases, to make sure we have a plan, 
And I know you said early on in your talk that you are, you know, you're not the, you're not Dave Ramsey, you're not the, no. but that's just good, sound w- biblical wisdom there that we need to, we need to prepare and plan budget. If you want to call it that, to have, have a plan or you, if you don't have a plan, you're, you're going to exceed your, your, your boundaries probably almost every time. And then to, to, to prayerfully consider any purchase. And I think that a lot of people might have a plan, but I would challenge them just based on what you said, when's the last time you really spent time in prayer over something, you know, about a decision you were going to make, uh, taking the time to seek the Lord and, and again, being diligent in that, that process as you go through that. So good, good response there on that. And, and I think, and you mentioned the, the, the impulse buy, and I think most of us have that because we live in this instant gratification culture society where where we see something and we just have to have that thus this 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 massive amount of credit card debt that that most people in america have today because of that impulse buying there and so and to be able to go no i i don't need that that's not a that's not a that's not a need that's a want and to be able to to have some some discipline in our lives in those areas. So, so a friend of mine is an economy major and he, he quoted to me something his professor said, and I've never, and this, I was in my twenties and I've never forgot this, right? He said it to me once and I'll never forget it. Um, he said, if your if your um, if your outgo exceeds your income, your upkeep will be your downfall. <laughs> right. And so, uh, and you know, I, I thought that was the coolest, right? Uh, that is good. So, and, but it's true, you know, and, um, you know that, that that that's that's absolute. That's a, a nugget right there. That's yeah. absolute wisdom. Spend more than you make, and you won't be around long. With <laughs> or, or 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 more than you know. You, again, that putting enough away for that cushion. You know, preparing yeah. for the emergency. Let's right? talk about that a minute because I think that is so important. Because I mentioned most people. I said I would hope to think. I would like to think that most believers don't have a ton of debt, but I know they do. Um, but the importance of margin in your life, uh, in all areas, but we're talking financially here. Uh, how d- you mentioned in your, in your uh, teaching about the fact that you had over a hundred thousand dollars in debt, right? At yeah. one time. Yeah. How did you, first of all, get out of that? And how were you able to even create any margin in the process of getting out where you didn't just feel like you were going to be crushed? A lot of time. <laughs> it took a lot of time to get out of that. Um, got it under that, considering I didn't, you know, I wasn't, um, not a wealthy family. You know, um, I, I did have a couple years there where where I made a bunch of money and I blew it. You know, every cent quickly. But the process was a long one, mm. a learning one. And again, it wasn't. It wasn't a. It wasn't a, a direct, you know, if, you, if we had a graph, right? You see the one, you know, you start here and then, you know, that, that amount of debt, that arrow didn't, they didn't go straight down. There were spikes. It was on his way, yeah. you know, spikes, you know, um, you know, again, I started young. So we're going to believe some of that debt, you know, timed out because um, I wasn't to be able to get ahead of it. Um, and so, you know, I, I, somebody wrote it off, you know, after six, seven years, but, um, you know, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of hard work. It was a lot of denying oneself it was a lot of not getting you know what i wanted mm. sometimes getting less or something an inferior product of something i needed um you know uh not going away on you know vacations or keeping things short doing weekend trips or things of that nature right. but you know just having to edit myself mm. right 
every step of the way. That that produced discipline, though. Mm-hmm. Right? That produced it because I, I, I can't do that. Um, but I tend to think people, that, that's a control issue, a self-control issue. And mm-hmm. so um, typically folks, folks who are good with money typically are also good with time. They've done studies and they, yeah. they, they find that because margin, they understand that. Right margin, so they don't schedule right up to the right up to the minute. Right, yeah. Um, you know they don't schedule right up to the minute, right up to the second. They don't budget right up to the right up to the dollar. You know, I make a thousand bucks this week. My expenses are nine thirty. Sure, I could take on this sixty dollar a month bill. Right, this new, this, this yeah. I got plenty of wiggle room. Yeah, so, you know, now, yeah. I got six bucks left over. You know, and then whatever. Then yeah. you know, your car breaks down. You have, now you got to take a cab, and I don't have it. I'm negative yeah. credit card. That's you know. Um, but but it's 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 a self control issue. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely, it's it's understanding. For some, it's an education issue too. I think I think it it would behoove some of us to do some research to 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 do that budgeting and margin and 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 how much should we save? Mm-hmm. How much should we save before? And you know, I know folks like lean on Dave Ramsey, but you know, some of his stuff is a little bit. Uh, aggressive, right? You know, you should have a million dollars, you know, cash available before you buy a new car. Maybe not that, but um, but understanding that there has to be some space because life happens, mm. accidents happen, emergencies happen, right? Un- the, unex- the unexpected occurs. You know, it, all you need is for your air condition to go, right? And that's you know that's ten grand, thir- twelve grand, depending on how big your house is. Yep. You know, you have a bad storm, and now you got a roof nasty. And now all of a sudden, now you're looking at twenty four thousand dollars, right? Depending on how yep. big your house is, so. These are things that happen, and it, as a responsible believer, we we put things in place to to prevent uh, going through these hardships um, if we have taken the time and and given ourselves some cushion. Yeah, you're right. Creating creating margin in your life is one of the most um, freeing things you can feel to know that okay, if uh, if my car doesn't start today or something happens to the washing machine or the air conditioner, it's okay. We have set aside money just for that purpose. Now, I might not be able to replace an entire roof, or, but to, to have an emergency fund, to plan ahead, uh, to be prepared, to create some margin in your life. And I know there's some people listening like right now going, I don't know how I'm ever going to get there. You know, I've got so much debt. And I would encourage people to find some of those resources out there. Dave Ramsey's one of them. They, he's got resources. There's other uh, resources that can give you the... the the, the step-by-step process to begin working to pay down the debt, but also at the same time to build up that emergency fund to have those those funds available. Now, I know we're kind of getting off on a whole nother <laughs> side, side trail here. I think we better wrap up uh, our thing. Any last thought you'd like to leave our listeners with on this topic of uh, thinking biblically about our relationship to money? Just that God has blessed us all. Amen. And... um I don't know what situation folks are going to be when they listen to this. It may be a time of plenty. It may be a time of famine. But um, at the end of the day, God has blessed us all. Hmm. And um, God is the ultimate source of our provision. Amen. Um, he has given us what we need, and he will continue to give us what we need. And um, my, 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 my thought would be, if we want to truly glorify God, in our resources, we should remember um, remember that 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 we should thank him, um, thank him, 
And if we're in need, we should ask him. And when he does provide, because he will, uh, you know, it's not always the same situation. When he finally does provide, continue to ask him for the wisdom, um, the understanding, and the sensitivity to listen to where the Holy Spirit wants me to apply the resources that he has given me. Amen. Um, you know, teach us how to use it well, how to manage it well, and how to give well. Mm. Um, and I think, I think if we come to him with that attitude, with that thankful attitude, with that appreciative attitude, with that trusting attitude, he's glorified in that. Amen. Yeah. Good word. Well, thank you, Omar, for being a part of this, uh, part three of our thinking biblically about our relationship to money episode. And I think this wraps up our Q and a episode. Thank you listeners for being a part of this special McGregor podcast entitled thinking biblically about my relationship to money. Part three.